Hello there, video game fans. It's Ben Bertoli, and also... I'm Push Dustin. He's Push Dustin. Yeah. That's right. And we're, we're back for another bonus episode for our patrons. The bonus. <laughs> Always coming in with the, the bonus tunes. Yes, this is another bonus episode for our patrons and for uh, normal listeners later on in the year. We already have uh, one or two under our belt, so we just wanted to bring you some fun stories that uh, didn't quite seem like they had enough content to make it into a full episode. How you doing, Push? I'm doing pretty well today. How about you? I'm a little tired, but you know how it goes. My real question, yeah. but I, I do care about how you are, but <laughs> my real question for you today is, uh, what's your favorite RPG? Uh, so RPG as a series is not something I, I'm like very invested in. So um, I'm afraid I'm afraid that my answer is kind of weak. But uh, I would say that my mm. favorite RPG either has to be um, the original Paper Mario or um, Ocarina of Time, which are kind of like both like RPG light. I feel like the original Paper Mario is legit an RPG. Yeah, I don't know about Ocarina of Time. I guess technically it is, but yeah. In my mind, an RPG, you have to, like, take turns hitting each other. But I guess that's not, like, an official dictionary definition. Yeah, because that's, like, a turn-based RPG. Yeah, I guess that's more of what I think of when I think of an RPG, like Pokemon Mm -hmm. or, like, Earthbound. But, you know, like, Kingdom Hearts is very much an RPG, and you, like, run around and whack people with big keys, right? Mm -hmm. I do like Kingdom Hearts. Like, especially the um, the first two. Oh, yeah? Yeah. See, I've never even made it. I think I tried to play the first one and just did not get very far. Actually, I take that back. I played, like, I don't know, a quarter of the third one. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, you know what? Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the story gets, like, yeah. like out of control after the, the first one. Oh, yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah. And I really just wanted to, like, see Buzz Lightyear and be his friend. Yeah. And I made it at least that far into the game. <laughs> so I was like, all right, got what I needed. I'm out of here. I think I sold it to like a friend for a very deep discount. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm actually with you. Uh, my, I think my favorite RPG series may, might be Paper Mario, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because I, I cannot get into uh, Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. Mm. I just can't do it. I don't know why. There's something about it like that just does not vibe well with me you just hate gino don't you i do i hate him so much i'm so glad he never made it into smash brothers (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i don't know there's just it it doesn't do it for me and i never get very far into it i feel like a lot of the uh older rpgs are like really hard oh yeah maybe i'm just like bad at them i feel like a lot of times i go in the wrong order every time i try to play earthbound i like do things out of order and get destroyed by some enemy that i should not have approached yet well they they were definitely made before you know modern gaming conventions yeah so like a lot of the gameplay is is a little bit archaic now and like the way that they have game design they you know people were just making it up as they go back then and so like sometimes it doesn't flow as well because it doesn't follow those modern conventions i love me some modern conventions i don't know if you know this but i'm all about like easy mode (laughs) (laughs) being able to save at any time yeah i love saving oh man it's my favorite Mm -hmm. yeah this is a good lead-in because i want to talk today about an rpg game uh, that came to the nintendo 64 which as you'll soon uh, hear is kind of a rarity back in the day 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't before that on the Super Nintendo. That was like the powerhouse for RPGs. I already mentioned Super Mario RPG and Earthbound. There was Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger, Dragon Quest, Secret of Mana, uh, Breath of Fire, just a ridiculous amount of them that I never played as a child. Mm-hmm. Like that just did not get into any of those. And then when Nintendo said, hey, we're going to 3D, uh, Square Enix, you want to come with us? And they were like, no, we're good. <laughs> like, we kind of need more space. Yeah, we need some discs. So we're going to go to Sony and PlayStation because they got the discs that we crave. So the N64 was kind of left in this weird position where they did not have many studios who were working on RPGs. I know uh, Mother 3, you know, the sequel to Earthbound, was going to be on the N64. And that was an RPG, obviously. But uh, that got, you know, canned in early development. And so really the first RPG that ever came to the Nintendo 64, I believe, at least in Japan, was a game called Quest 64. And have you ever played this game? No, but I remember like being like really interested in it back in the day. Because I was like, oh, it's like, you know, the marketing campaign was basically like, if you want an RPG experience on the N64, this is it. <laughs> this is yes. and your only option. <laughs> this is your only chance. <laughs> you know, it's like, get on the bus or, you know, if you don't, you're going to be stuck, you know, stranded out here all by yourself. <laughs> yeah, without an RPG. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it looks cool. It's got that very, uh, you know, like high fantasy. It's kind of supposed to be like an alternate take on like Ireland. So. There's, uh, you know, people running around in in capes with staffs, blasting magic and elements and stuff. Mm -hmm. But this game had a really weird timeline. It was actually developed in Japan by a company called Imagineer. And it came out in North America first in June of 1998. And then in September of 1998, it came to Europe. And then in July of 1999, it came out in Japan. Mm. Over a year it took for it to get from uh, the North American market to the Japanese market. And it was not called Quest 64 in Japan or Europe. In Europe, it was called Holy Magic Century, which sounds like something you exclaim when something good or bad happens. <laughs> yeah. Holy Magic Century. <laughs> magic Century. Yeah. And um, in Japan, it was called L-Tail Monsters. Mm. And the L in L-Tail, like E-L, is like elemental. That makes sense. Because that was like the big thing. It was not. A very good game. This was a game that I, I either owned it or I rented it or I borrowed it from a friend a lot as a kid. I own it now, but I, I can't recall if I actually uh, uh, put down the money for it back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was very uh, kind of limited in its scope. It was a short game. You had to have a memory card to save it, which I just didn't. Yep. Like There was like one other game, I think, that had to have a memory card. And it was- what? I had like three memory cards in 64 that's crazy yeah no i think because like i would always be saving games which games what what were you playing that needed it i feel like very few games actually needed it but maybe it was just me um i remember like the nba i i played nba um was it 98 or 96 whatever Mm, i'm not i don't remember the year but like that game needed a memory card for like all the custom characters Oh, okay. Well, Tony Hawk Pro Skater was the one game I played like a ton that needed a memory card. Yeah. But I was so good at it that I could just like work my way through the entire game in like a, an hour or two. Mm-hmm. But I'll get to the plot here in a second of uh, the actual game. But Imagineer, uh, the developer, they actually started out in um, 1986. 
and they've worked on quite a few titles, but most famously, I would say they had the rights to release um, the Sim City series in Japan and some of the other Sim games. Oh, yes. And then they also did mm -hmm. um, quite a few like tie-in games. Uh, I believe they had a, a bunch of like Hello Kitty games that they did. And they had the rights to Metabots, which is an anime series that was made into a mm -hmm. bunch of uh, games. And then in 2016, they were absorbed into some other like subsidiary company. Um, but they're actually the ones who do the fitness boxing games on the Switch. Mm, so they're still around. Yeah, they're still kicking, which is kind of crazy. Well, they're still kicking and, and punching with, with boxing. So back in the day when they made uh, Quest 64, they set it in a land that's called Celt land, like Celtic. It's all about this uh, mage, and he has a very normal like white man name. Do you want to guess his name? Matthew? No. Can you give me one more? Um, John. <laughs> no. His name's Brian. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the hero, the hero of the story. It's Brian. Yeah. So uh, Brian sets off to find his dad, who like left to go like visit some monastery of magical mages, and he he finds that his father was actually looking for some book that a thief had stolen called the Eltale Book, which has to do with elemental gems. So he has to go find those kind of things. But the gameplay was pretty standard like a little too standard um it just kind of like locked you into place whenever you ran into an enemy and you had to fight them with your you know turn-based mechanics mm -hmm. um and it but it didn't have like a normal level up model where you would just be like oh you reached level two instead you would get specific experience based on like how you did in the battle which was kind of interesting like if they were like man you sure got hit a bunch we're gonna give you some defense stats because you okay. just you stink at that <laughs> uh you you've practiced your defense by getting hit a lot right <laughs> or it's like you sure have been dying a lot guess we'll give you some more hp mm -hmm. so that's kind of interesting that they uh went in that direction but uh there was other other ways that you could like upgrade your elemental attacks you know make yourself better at fire learn some new water spells that kind of thing but the weird thing about this game and this is very uncommon i would say in like every rpg is there was no money system Mm. you could not buy upgrades you could not buy items like everything in the game was like given to you or dropped by a monster or something oh that's very interesting yeah every time you die you just go back to uh, the last inn that you had stayed at like stayed the night in that's kind of a you know utopian view of society one without <laughs> money and you just get your goods by monsters that's right this was the uh game that was going to convert everyone to socialism yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was shown off, like, in early 1997, and uh, I think it was a Space World 1997 as well, which we've talked about in the past. It was, like, a big, basically, Nintendo's convention to show off new games and upcoming uh, consoles and things like that. Yeah. When I was looking into the history of it, there was quite a bit of stuff on um, Unseen64, the website, that kind of, like, breaks down, you know, the background. And they say that it was announced mm -hmm. under the title Crystal Stories in June 1997, at least outside of Japan. Maybe that was just the title that, you know, North American editors were like, yeah, sure, we'll call it that. Yeah. Back then, there was three different characters that you would play as. And in the end, it's just, it's just Brian. It's just Brian. My favorite sitcom. <laughs> and uh, so Brian's the wizard. And then there's a princess named Nina. And there was also a pirate named Cozy. C-O-Z-I? Kazi? 
Mm. I don't know. But they eventually scrapped those other two characters and were just like, you know what? All we need is Brian. We're just going to focus on Brian. Yeah, yeah. just focus, focus on Brian. That's what the moms want. That's what the moms want. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd, the, the population demands it. But uh, those characters, I think, show up uh, in other parts of the game. I mean, there's pirates and princesses and things, so you just can't play as them or they're not part of your party. Yeah. They, they switched it up. And uh, the weird thing about Quest 64, outside of it being one of the only uh, RPGs for the Nintendo 64, is that there were actually two sequels to it that, like, nobody ever talks about. Mm-hmm. They didn't even show up on, like, the Wikipedia page. Which was weird to me. Yeah, I was digging for some real, you know, real gold. Yeah, juicy dirt on this game, and they were like, "Well, how about these two Game Boy games?" I'm like, "What?" So the first one that came out was actually a puzzle game, and it was called Quest Fantasy Challenge, and this came out for the Game Boy Color. Mm. So here's what it says in the back of the box: more than ten monsters to beat, more than twenty levels to dominate, more than a hundred ways to win. More than 10 million ways to die. That's just like a lot of math for me right now. It seems like a lot. Like, did they really calculate how many different ways you could die? There's only 10 monsters. How could they kill you 10 million ways? I mean, it's like if, if they kill you one minute in, one minute a uh, second in, you know. Oh, so you think it has to do with timing? Maybe. I mean, I, th- I feel like it'd be hard for each monster to kill you one million different ways. Yeah. They could punch you. They could stab you, shoot you, smother you, uh, poison you slowly. I mean, that's at least like six right there. So yeah. I think we're, we're on a good start. <laughs> 900,000 and, and such to go. <laughs> so the other weird thing about this game is that it was a at least like a reskin of another game called Mr. Do. That's with an exclamation point at the end. Mm. Mr. D-O. And Mr. Do is basically a ripoff of Dig Dug. So this game is like a copy of a copy of a copy. Mm-hmm. It's the Waluigi of Game Boy games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Luigi's a copy of Mario and Waluigi's a copy of him. So... But yeah, Mr. Mr. Do is basically like you ran around underground trying to collect things and not get killed by monsters that were following you in your tunnels. And this was just that. But instead of Mr. Do, you're Brian. Very, very kind of standard puzzle game where you try to get power ups and uh, they, they tried to work in some of the elemental stuff. And then the second Game Boy game is called Quest Brian's Journey. Sticking with the Brian theme. Yep, I told you that's what the moms want. <laughs> moms love it. The title screen actually says uh, Quest RPG, Brian's Journey. So they threw a little extra uh, flair. And just in case you were like, oh man, I can't wait to play Quest Brian's Journey, this great racing game. Like, oh, RPG? <laughs> yeah. Darn it. Well, they, they probably had like the market research from the N64 one where they're like, well, everyone bought this game because it was the only RPG for the N64. <laughs> Maybe we should you know, continue to go reminding people that this is an RPG. <laughs> Someone bought Quest 64 and was like, can't wait to jump around in this platformer. And then they were just really disappointed. Yeah. As is common in many Japanese games, the Japanese title is like outlandishly long mm-hmm. with many um, dashes and colons. So it's called Elemental Tale, Jack's Great Adventure, Satan's Counterattack. <laughs> <laughs> which is like wow there's a lot going on there first of all his name's jack now in japan and mm-hmm. satan i didn't even know he was involved i guess uh brian is a little bit harder to say in katakana than jack oh yeah that's true 
this game was essentially a demake of the Imagineer, you know, Nintendo 64 game. Yeah. Also uh, made by the same people. And it came out in January uh, 2000. So after the puzzle game, after Quest 64 had actually even made its way all the way to Japan, where it came from. So there was a Quest 64 2 in the works. Mm -hmm. This was another one that uh, was supposed to be made for the Nintendo 64 disk system um, and our disk drive. And it just uh, it got scrapped like so many other classics. But a lot of those, you know, just like got moved to like a cartridge in this one. Yep. Uh, did not, but it was supposed to be set 100 years after the original uh, story of Quest 64, and there was going to be two, count them, two characters this time. No Brian. Oh, yeah, because it's 100 years. Right. Brian's very dead at this point <laughs> Yeah, in the storyline, <laughs> um, and he's like some like mythical person because now like magic is less common or like the beasts have been locked away. But you know, mm -hmm. you know what happens when the beasts are locked away for a hundred years. Yeah, they they just get out. Like someone yeah. like forgets and lets mm -hmm. them out, right? Or some evil magician is like, I'll take over the world. You know how they are. <laughs> but yeah. uh, in this in this one, you had um, Leon the magician and Sophia, who's a swordswoman, mm -hmm. um, which it looked pretty cool. There's very little um, art released for this one. In fact, the the one place where I could find the most information on this was a german magazine called nintendo fun vision mm -hmm. um, and they had like a full page spread about the game and there was artwork and like details about the story and it's funny because um at that point quest 64 had not even come out in germany yet they were just like hey we know it's not here yet but here's all the information on the sequel that's coming soon yeah get hyped yeah exactly so essentially this is set in a new kingdom that's like to the west of Keltland. And uh, it's overrun by barbarians. And then some guy steps in and is like, I'll save you all. And everyone's like, yay, make him king. And then turns out he's just like the worst king. Oh, God. They should not have done it. But um, apparently it was inspired by the Byzantine Empire and like the early Middle Ages, uh, Greece and Turkey and Rome and Egypt. So it, it sounded pretty mm -hmm. cool, honestly. It's kind of too bad that they didn't have a chance to make a second game and kind of, you know, fix the mistakes of the first one expand yeah but uh that's that's it that's pretty much it about quest 64 it didn't seem like it was worthy of its own uh full episode sorry quest 64 you're just you're, you're killing you're killing all the fans <laughs> all those brian loving moms out there sorry yeah I, I don't i don't think quest 64 will ever make a comeback if i'm being honest but maybe we'll find like a working rom of this of the second game maybe it'll get leaked at some point i mean it probably didn't get too far yeah because there wasn't a lot of uh, screenshots it was mostly just like character art if it's like character art then it probably didn't get too far in development uh, we can always dream but now we're gonna have to go forth into the elemental realm mm -hmm. and find our own spirits are you ready push with or without brian Ooh, brian i got bad news about brian oh no at this point he's been dead for like 120 years i hope he had a son <laughs> Brian 2. Brianer. <laughs> Brian 64. <laughs> Brianer. <laughs> oh my god. All right, that's enough podcast for now.